0: Love talk radio I
1: was a hard drinking sinner with blood on my hands I was a hard drinking sinner A gun in my hands drinking 40 pounds for dinner Get out
2: Ryan, how are you doing tonight here? Sorry, a little discombobulated here Let's add CR to the screen. There you are. What's up, hey, man? How are you doing? How are you? Good. Had uh, to get my coffee, my GCAP hey, coffee. Well, right, right? Yeah, just um, trying to get tough stuff straight. Okay. Not used to doing the show on Saturday, so I'm just kind of like, you know, All over the place. Plus, I had to work tonight, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, so, I'm excited. Thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate it very much. Um, We've got uh, Free Dangler on the show. He's written a couple of books, and we're going to chat with him about uh, the books and uh, some of his terminal experiences, but first, I want to take this uh, chance to wish you a very happy beer pong day. I'll have to find the solo cups in the basement somewhere. The best holiday ever, beer pong day. That's not, that's a holiday that's a holiday I can uh, get behind. It's
1: been a while since I played that Oh my god,
2: you? me too. It's been a minute. I don't think I could. Uh, don't think I could last. We did. Um, we played one game with like when when I played with Steel Reserve Strong Beer. I don't think I could do that Yeah. That's not uh, not something I would want to I would want to try doing again. No, that's for sure. That can, that can stay in the past. It's also something. also Sauvignon Blanc Day. So if you're not into uh, drinking beer, you can drink Sauvignon Blanc and uh, show off your holiday spirit.
1: You know, I wonder if you could substitute that
2: in the beer pong. Oh, my God. I, like I don't think... A bit
1: better. That's
2: fancy talk right there. I don't know if I'd <laughs> want to do beer pong with wine, though. I don't think I would... <laughs> I don't think that would be a very good idea. Too much money. No, yeah. Too much money and too much of a headache the next day right. if I tried to do beer pong with wine. Holy crap. <sighs> so, yeah, that's uh, everything that's going on to here is working today, and... Um, How's everything up in Minnesota?
1: Going good so far. It was actually, we've had a nice uh, couple strings the last day. It's uh, been kind of rainy today and yesterday, but uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, it was probably in the 70s.
2: You all thawed out from the, uh, the winter time?
1: Oh, yeah. No snow. It's all good. Nice. So, Just have to worry about those tornadoes popping out of the sky. Now oh, I'm
2: yeah. Here. Yeah. Dude. You go know from like blizzards. To tornadoes, it's like okay. Well, when do you get a break?
1: Tornadoes, because they're mainly on the ground for probably no longer than thirty, forty minutes, and then they're gone. Mm. Not like a hurricane
2: where it's on the ground for a couple of days. Oh, I've been through hurricanes, and that's they're not fun. Yeah, they are not fun. So yeah, Cr here, he's got he's got his show on my mind with Cr. Uh... Every Friday night.
1: Yep, every Friday night. Uh, we are actually going to have a bonus episode next week, uh, Saturday, where you will be on. Um,
2: Hell yeah. We'll be
1: talking, talking to um, – uh, what's your buddy's name? Dennis. Dennis, Dennis yes. yeah. We'll be talking to Dennis on Friday night.
2: Yeah, so, it's funny. You have him on Friday and me on Saturday. That's, that's gonna be a. Dennis is a lot of fun. You're going to have a lot of fun with him. Talking to and him. I, didn't
1: even, I didn't even apply it that way, and I looked at my planner, and
2: I'm like, oh, geez, this is interesting. He's very easy to talk to. He's one of those people where, you know, he can talk. He's a very good talker. So it's just uh, – it'll be a fun show. Um, but that's next week. Now, yeah. this week, tonight, we've got Jeffrey A. Dangler on the show. He's a paranormal investigator and an author. He wrote two books, which you can find on Amazon. Uh, the Minersville Manor, and The Spirits of Shoemakersville Road. They are on sale on Amazon, so you can done listening to this show or, or, you know, come back, listen to it later. But go out and buy these books. They're really good. And uh, I'm looking forward to putting them on, so I'm going to go ahead and have them on right now. What do you think? Yeah, let's bring them let's on. It'll the... be interesting to talk to them. Awesome sauce. Hey, man, how are you? Good, how are you? How are you guys? I'm hanging in there, brother. <laughs> How's everything going? Where are you from? New York, right? No, Pennsylvania.
1: Pennsylvania, okay. Pennsylvania. Yep. First county,
2: Pennsylvania. Oh, so we've got Virginia, Minnesota, and Pennsylvania in the house tonight. So we're all over the place. That
1: might form a triangle,
2: you never know. <laughs> there we go. So how was everything in Pennsylvania?
1: Good. Finally getting warm.
2: Yeah, it's it's been kind of weird. Like last past week here in Virginia, man, it's been pretty pretty cool. Like probably in the you know, normal for May.
1: Right. Pennsylvania it goes from seventy to forty to sixty to eighty and just keeps
2: changing, so Yeah. I mean yeah. it's like they say I hate the weather. Like, wait, wait a few minutes, it'll change because it's, you know. Right. It's um, yeah. It's uh, I'm not complaining though because it gets hot here, very hot and humid, which I'm not yeah. a fan of. Yeah. So, um, I figured we get uh this. Get, go back to the Wayback Machine and uh, learn about how you got started in the paranormal. What, what got this, uh, the wheels turning for you?
1: It all started back in the 90s. Um, well, actually back in the 80s. This house that my family owned um, would be growing up and stuff. This is by the lake. And actually this new book I have out, uh, Spirits I lived in this haunted house and um, everything, everything pretty much began then. We, I experienced a lot of stuff living in that house over the years. It's been in the family since the 80s. Somebody in the family lived in that house, you know, over, over the, over since the 80s and we experienced a lot of stuff. My wife and I lived in a house uh, in the 90s and we probably experienced most. But everybody would think you would expect to uh, experience in a haunting. We experienced it in a house. And then as the years went on, people, friends and stuff, would hear about hauntings from other people at parties or get-togethers. And our names would come up. They said, maybe we, we know somebody that can help you. And we never really looked for it. All. It always seemed to find us and mm-hmm. do word of mouth like that. And over the years, we started going to people's houses. Cause we, my wife knew, we all knew the first ten, what it's like to live in a haunted house. So I was glad to help the families um, understand what was going on in their home, uh, how to resolve it, give them steps to to resolve other things. So over the years, it just kept adding on and adding on to more and more people as the work got out. So we just started helping families, you know, basically since we lived in a house.
2: So um, was there any kind was there, like a uh, particular moment that stands out to you when you because you said you're you're living in that house for a long time but is there any like particular like haunting that was like holy crap this is you know
1: well, there's a lot of experience we saw stuff we saw a man a figure um we see something walk up the steps um i would uh be woken up in the middle of the night my name being called like right in my face i feel like the breath in my face uh, uh my grandmother never believed that one day in the kitchen and she saw a man standing by the, the basement step at the door and she was a believer ever since then i mean it, it shocked her seeing this guy mm-hmm. uh I felt it on the bed when i was you know slaying in bed if somebody would sit down the weight of a human sitting on the edge of the bed um just the blinds would move pillows would go off the sofa like many many things that happen friends would come over some friends didn't really like to come over because they, they, you know, they had experiences. Some would come and then leave because they had an experience. So it was, like, pretty much not the same thing all the time. It was mm-hmm. just kind of that happened over the years to each different people.
2: Do you ever feel scared in the house?
1: No, it's one thing all the years of doing this. I was, it might sound, like, corny or or whatever, mm-hmm. but I would never – it never really bothered me. Never really bothered my wife, my my son, my my mom. None of us really, and I couldn't have. Nobody really, never really bothered anybody. Um, it's just over the years of doing investigations and stuff. I was never really bothered by it. Really worried about you know anything that's in anybody's house. So nothing malicious. Just no. being busy. No, not at all.
2: You know, I think a lot of times it's, it's the intent of the spirits that can determine whether or not you're scared of it, or, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, nothing was ever really
2: the family frightened. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Interesting is my brother and my sister and some other people never experienced anything over all the years. And that comes up a lot in conversation with my books and stuff because people that lived in, like, the mansion, the Myersville Mansion. um, they would say that they didn't experience anything or they knew that they, they were there as a child. They never experienced nothing, you know, as friends of the family and stuff. And I said, that's, that's – honestly, I believe that because it happens because it happened to my own family from experiences. I, I know that's true. Um, my brother lives in a house currently. He never had experience all the years. And now that he lives in the home with his son, he has experience and stuff there all these years. And now he believes so
2: a time or a certain um, occurrence for somebody to believe, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I always say you don't know for sure about the paranormal until something happens to you. Right. I right, mean, right. you can watch the shows. You can, you know, say you're a believer. Oh, I believe this stuff. I watch it on TV all the time. But you don't know because you're not there. Right.
1: You're a skeptic until you're
2: not. Exactly. Once but once she once like your grandma, what happened to your grandma? Not a believer, Maybe. but once she saw that guy on the steps, you know, that light bulb went off, and there we go, uh, you know? there's gar- a lot. Go to an old mm-hmm. Pennsylvania.
1: It was a farmhouse. I went there for a year. The The gentleman that owned it. Gave me the key to get in and we would go there and experiment stuff and cause it was haunted and we would capture evidence and stuff and i would take people that were called skeptics i would take them down there and they would say that ain't real or nothing so they go down and they would leave there and they're not a skeptic anymore it was, they would they believe after they experienced it
2: yeah i mean all i do is take a few uh people on a public investigation at the cabin on 360 here in virginia and they uh they're they usually leave a believer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, are these places like uh, Minersville Manor and Shoemaker'sville Road? Are they real? Or like, did you live on Shoemaker'sville Road? Or
1: no, um, the Minersville Mansion. Um, that was a friend of mine. That, like I said before, the friends with stuff would they Would hear conversations or get to know somebody or whatever, and they get a hold of me. Then that's what happened with the mansion. A friend of mine named Brenda got a hold of me and told me that her friend Teresa bought a, a home recently and started going to renovations, and when they were going to the renovations, they started experiencing stuff, hearing strange noises and odd occurrences, so she asked if I had mind going up and checking it out. I said, no, absolutely, we'll go up, and then one thing led to another, and I got to know the family, and I wanted to, uh, over a three-year period, I wanted to document what they experienced, what they went through, what I went through from visiting. And so the the Myersville Mansion book is about that three year experience of documenting all the stuff that happened, you know, during that time. It's funny that you mentioned the remodeling and, and the changing of the house because I, I think, you know, that's what stirs him up. Is, right, he may not like change, or, you know, who who knows? Yeah, it happens a lot.
2: Yeah, I guess they they. Um... They still think the house belongs to them, and they're like, well, okay, why are you, why are you changing this? Because I like it this way. Like, oh, well, yeah, like that it was, this way. The houses
1: I go to, they'll say, you know, they, I'll ask them how long they lived there, and they say they lived there a couple of years, and, like, you never experienced nothing before. They're like, no, what what changed? Something hadn't changed um, since you moved in then for, you know, what happened to the house. And, like, well, we started renovating. We started
0: knocking the wall down. Like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said is that when this the stuff started happening, they're like actually yeah, it did, so it ties it back to the renovations and you know changing the energy of the home.
2: How old is my the minersville mansion? It was built in nineteen o four any like like anything happened in there anything any history that's you know worth
1: um, mentioning? Well, the whole, you know, the whole time the, the whole history of the the home. There was medical families that lived for them. And I, and I did, every time I go to a house, I do the research.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I go in and leave. And, you know, I, it, it takes a few weeks. The mansion took three years because I uh, documented everything three years, got to know the family. But um, the other homes, we usually go in and do all the research and do an investigation. We get mediums involved. I think somebody a couple of years I got to know medium, shaman, psychic which is a whole rampant, you know, different people and beliefs and perceptions that I like hearing them all. And usually, depending on the home, I might take a shaman there. I might take uh, a medium there. I might take whatever there. I mean, whatever fits, I think, that family and their their belief system. Could they ever – oh, sorry. Did no, they God. ever – did they ever try and cross anybody over if they found anything there? Do you know anything about that? Or Yeah, some of the mediums do. It's, I don't I don't know. It's just my belief, my perception. I'm a big thing on perceptions of people. And, you know, mind is they're there for a reason. I think a higher power um, is to control of that. It's not me to decide what to do with the spirit. I mean, i go in there and show them or help them understand what's there and do their research and get evidence and stuff like that. But for me, I don't personally do it. Other media, they, they'll, they'll do it. If they want them to be gone, you know, other people, some people's homes and stuff, they want them to stay there. They don't have a problem. You know, they just want to understand what's there. Right.
2: So what made you decide to want to put all your experiences into a book?
1: Uh, once we got, books. yeah, once we went to the mansion, it was a couple weeks in, Of going there, that and talking to Teresa, that I thought this would be a great story to tell, and I always wanted to write a book. um, So I started documenting, keeping track of every everything for that three year period. And after the three years, I started I started writing as we went. And after the three years, I had pretty much a rough thing, you know, down that I just worked on it then and put it out the book. And then the mansion, the Myers Mansion book, was pretty successful and now I wrote this next story, The Spirits of Shoemakers Old Road. And now I'm working on the next one in Olive, Pennsylvania.
2: Now are these all personal experience books for you? Like which what you went through? Yeah, exactly. They're all
1: with the family and what I went through, you know, the, the Spirits of Shoemakers Old Road is a totally different story than the mansion. That's again a three year period, about a, a six week period. So most times it's usually around a month to six weeks that I do stuff with the family. If they need me after that, I'm always there to answer questions or come back or whatever. I mean, I still talk to families from years ago that I went to. Um, But, yeah, it's usually around, I would say, six weeks at the most. Do the research and everything. So how do you do your background research on a, on a location? Do you go to, like, a uh, like a county historical society, or is it yeah. by word of mouth? Investigate them, too. I go to two of them in the area. Um, they're, they're haunted. Um, I go to historical societies, libraries, um, talk to neighbors sometimes. search things right at home certain counties in Pennsylvania and maybe where you guys live you can't you can't go online there's no records you have to actually go to the courthouse mm-hmm. and look folks that go back on the deeds and all that
2: stuff microfish like the old way and
1: stuff I think that's kind of hard once you get past like 1900 and everything can written and but it. like you can't it's really hard to decipher some of those deeds but
2: yeah I can never go into the, the... The Richmond, the Virginia Public Library downtown, and going through the microfiche, and doing that, trying to, you know, find find records of, you know, houses we're investigating and stuff. Yeah. So. Yes. When you go out to some family needs your help, what is your approach to like an investigation like that? Do you bring a team with you? Do you, what 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 is your how do you go about it? Besides, you know look at the history we know all yeah. that
1: yeah i go um we first started you know years ago um we had friends and stuff that helped out my wife and i but mostly it's just either me my wife and i or i'll take a, another friend with i don't i'm not one to have a lot of people because then you always know, second guess certain things when it's just you or somebody else you know it's what it is you know you're more More evidence there that you believe in. Was it this person? Was it that person? Too many people just get in the way, in my opinion. I mean, some people do it the other way, but the way I do it, I just I rather do it myself or with you know one maybe one other person, one or two other people. That's it. Just too many too many many things can go wrong.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense.
1: Right. Yeah. As far as evidence,
2: the smaller the, the team, the easier it is to control the environment so you'll you'll know yeah. for sure that okay i know there's somebody else in the house besides me and my friend right. here we heard a voice that no it wasn't either one of us you know
1: right that's where i had a couple other people you know years ago and i was trying to have different cameras different um, audio just so i could back it up and look at the other stuff to back up the audio the, the video and stuff and the one the one time the woman said I can guarantee it wasn't me. It was, I'm like, Are you sure? She's like, no. And I went back and I, one angle of camera, and you could see her mouth. move. I'm like, oh, yeah. And one of those, around that time is when I started like getting less and less people. Cause it's just
2: got, you know, I was
1: the one that went over the evidence, spend the time and you listen. Like, sometimes you think you'll remember somebody, and then you listen, you know, like you, think you might think it's
2: something else. Mm-hmm. And it's,
1: not. it's just, to me, a lot easier to less people.
2: And it's, it's tougher. The like the longer you wait before you actually go over the evidence, because you know, say you go to a house and then you get busy and you can't look, at, listen to the evidence. So like a few weeks later, when there's more than one person there or more than two people there, it's like, well, did did the person say that? I don't remember. Yeah.
1: Right. So you asked me earlier. I, I never talked the first. Go there. That's the thing. it is.
2: And why do people believe that? It's because
1: of TV and, you know, movies and stuff. And right away they think, but something they can't explain happens. If, if right away is the devil or, you know, there's a lot of stuff on, to me, on TV a lot. I don't watch too many shows because it just seems like there's more going towards the, the dark and, you know, stuff, certain shows today were better. Now they're, like, more dark and everything's full cool and devil and
0: mm-hmm. stuff. I said, then they believe everything in their home. Like, they move into a home; it's haunted. It's
1: the devil. So that's their their perception. Well, that's because that's what sells on TV. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, right. You throw the word "demon" out a lot, and people just automatically think, "Well, if something bad happens, it's got to be demonic." And you know, it's just not. Just not. Sometimes it is, I reckon, but. Right. Most of the time, it's probably it's probably not, not that. Um, so when you go to these people's houses, and uh, how long do you how many times do you investigate a person's house? Well,
1: I don't I don't try and inter, um, inconvenience the family at all.
2: I'll go in
1: there, and just ask them if they can have like an hour or two. I can take other time, and I'll ask them where they have the most activity. If they say in the attic or in the bedroom, whatever, I'll say can I go there first and I usually I'll go there, I'll ask some questions, I'll I'll see if I can capture anything, see what I feel, and then I'll have a medium or another somebody else walk through a walkthrough at another time and see what they get and then once we have the evidence what we capture if we capture anything and we take that with what feel and stuff and the research and put together like eventually, what is done those pieces fit and actually the puzzle is clear then we know pretty much what's going on it all makes sense then mm-hmm. do you use the uh, k2 meter or metal meter at all yeah i have both of them i don't really use too many too much equipment um i use a camera audio, video and audio and then uh, go with what i feel and what other people feel that come in because to me the best instrument is our body how we feel the energy and stuff so I, I have equipment we use it sometimes but I don't go overboard with a lot of equipment and spend a whole lot of money on it I never really did well because usually what I use is just the cold spots in the room and the hair stands up on your arm
2: <laughs> yeah the energy yeah hey, you can't deny that and uh, like I go I want an investigation I don't have all the equipment I use my phone because I use the voice recorder on my phone and yeah, it seems to work out pretty pretty well. Um but there are there are benefits to using the equipment as far as right. the KT meters and stuff because you know, you can use it as a ways to back up right. the stuff you get, EVPs you, you capture. Uh uh-uh, right. you know then you have more equipment, that's
1: when you need the more people because yeah. of your buyer have,
2: you know all the arms they do
1: all the stuff, so it's kind of S22. Either have a lot of people with equipment,
2: or you do it yourself with one or two people, and you don't have much equipment. So yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is definitely a, a quandary. Um, you know, I guess if you if you use the equipment and you like, say I've got a cold spot, and the PT meters going off at the same time, you can tell the show the people uh, you're working for, like hey, or working with, like hey, look at this. I have a quick okay. light. Here, standing up and look at this uh, K2 going off. Uh, Karen uh, Zarn, or Adrian, I should say, co-host of On of, uh, My Mind with CR, shout out to her. She writes, can you explain how to use a voice recorder on the phone? And if you have a-
1: go ahead. I, I usually have a, a digital auto recorders and I have um, other recorders. I usually never use my phone. I usually keep my like, just because of the fact that I do have equipment or something or ask other people to keep their phones away because that can give you a false positive of the K2 or other things that they get a text message or a phone call. That'll, that'll, that'll trigger that equipment. So I try and keep phones away.
2: Yeah, we usually put the phones on our airplane mode. But if you have a um, an iPhone, I just use the voice recorder on my phone. If you like write, you know, you do right. voice memos and stuff, that usually yeah. works out pretty well. It's a very sensitive sensitive microphone, and that will um, definitely have work. A recorder, and
1: I had that for many years. Another small digital recorder you get at the store
2: I, mm-hmm.
1: store. I had one of them and.
2: Just worked like a champ.
1: I see. She also asked, "Do you always have to replay it to hear it?"
2: I mean, push, 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 push. I guess maybe a like disembodied voice. Maybe yeah. you know. Sometimes you can you can catch those. Um, you no,
1: know, sometimes
2: like
1: if I'm using. Excuse me. I'm using SB7 or something. I might not hear it when we're there we want we want to hear it. I'll get home and play it back. we just need that know recorder and then you actually hear a voice even there's times where you, you you'll hear a disembodied voice when you're there other times so later you have to play it back and you're
2: like wow there's there's, mm-hmm. there's a voice here we were there like it s b seven or about it. yeah i i find, I find kind know if this works, the same thing same thing happens to you, but when i when I do an s b seven session, it's like I hear a bunch of stuff. I think it's saying something while I'm there. Then I'll go back and listen to it, like audacity or something like that, and it says nothing like I, what I thought it said. It could say my name or something like that. It's like kebabas. No, didn't, there is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing there. So I think. That Happened. today.
1: Really? Yeah, we went last night to a historical society in Alberta, Pennsylvania, and like, we captured. We found like something while it was scanning. and I got home. It. it It didn't sound like that. It sounded like something totally different. It's like, well, how do we hear that when clearly, clearly, what is you know, it's saying something different? But
2: I wonder if that, wonder if that's like you're you're in a moment and you you hear something that you want to hear, like a person's name that's in the in the group, but then you get back and it's like, well, once once you're away from that environment, it's not. You go, oh, that's clearly not what it says.
1: It's like last week, uh, I had an episode on uh, last Wednesday where I interviewed uh, Dave Schrader, and he actually thought that we caught an EVP uh, while we were recording, but it just uh, happened to be some audio feedback that we had. But he was like, yeah, he was, "He stopped us dead in, his, in our tracks, and he's like, are you listening to anything? Do you have a TV on? went back and listened to it. And after I heard him say that, I think my mind came up with, okay, you're going to hear something. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to it, I thought I heard something, but it was just plain feedback. Yeah. So we, we capture stuff. I always send it out to friends of mine and stuff, like, you know, give to people and things. And I'll ask them, you know, what do you hear? I never tell them what I hear because then it just influences what they're going to hear. Um, and then see what they get back to be with and see what they hear. And hopefully it's what, you know, same
2: thing I do. That is, like, the most frustrating thing for me when I want to hear EVP clear as day. Like, it's, and it's, <laughs> yeah. you send it to somebody, I don't hear anything. I'm like, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's frustrating.
2: <laughs> Listen harder. It's there.
1: Right.
2: I, was, uh, I had a, a group come out to the cabin last week, and they, they – they they said they they heard like a low like low tone music in the basement of the brick rancher, and um, and I listened to it. And he was like, listen to it in a, a quiet place. Had my had my AirPods in, some pretty good. They're pretty good, you know, air earphones or like. And I didn't hear anything, and I'm like, I'm like, have my head covered like this. I could not hear anything, and I'm like, let them think, let them let them. I, might it might, might just be me. I'm not going to say it's not there because, you know, I'm not going to – but sometimes you just don't hear it. Yeah. Right.
1: I wasn't a big believer in the SB7 at first. Um, keep it open in mind like always, but over the years I had it for um, – I honestly don't remember, maybe 2011 or 12. Maybe I got it. I don't know. Um, Something around there. And I – no denying it now. With the captures that we got, or like specific answers to questions that we give, and scanning so at uh, such a fast rate, so yeah.
2: it's
1: just I, I'm a total believer in it now.
2: I'll tell you what. No, what, when we did a we did a uh, SP7 again in the cabin, and we got a, a got a voice of a person saying my N word, clear as day, and you know that's not going to be on any radio. Right. Station right. anywhere, right. and uh, and I'm sorry for Cr for for talking over you, but well, I that's just, fine. you know had to get that out that you know mm-hmm. after I got that that particular one I'm like yeah this that that's real that's so
1: my question was have have any have either of you guys used either like the uh, hat chat or the obvious yeah well that the radio hack thing. Is that what you mean? I, ha- I had that like, back in the day with Radio Shack, it's probably like 2009 or something. I had, I'm um, sure like some really interesting, that's where I started out before I got the SB7 was one of those radio hacks. And I was impressed with what we got. So I figured I'm going to try this SB7 and see. If, keep trying it and keep it up in mind. And I can't deny the answers, the, the captures and stuff. I think it's a really, really good, uh, a useful tool to have. Right. Last, if I could tell you a story quick.
2: Yeah, um, go ahead.
1: To the uh, Oracle Society, I like to think of different people. I, you know, like I said before, you know, sh- shamans or whatever. And I know a few people that are, you know, they're witches. And I took one along with me to this church and figured I'd try and experiment with Kirby in there. And she walked out. I didn't know why she was going to the car. She said, "I'll be right back." And I was in the church and had the be 7 going. She walked to her car, and I said, "Why? Where's where's she going?" And I said, "Where's Dana going? Why is she going to her car? What's she getting?" And you hear a guy's voice come clear as day across it. A key, and I'm like a key. And as soon as I said that, I saw it was a window front of the church, and I saw her coming. into it a small old church from the 1800s. She came in the door, the front door, and I turned and looked, and I said, it sounded like a key, and she lifted this thing at her, at her neck, and I'm like, seriously, you got a key? And she came closer, and she went to the car and got a necklace with a key on it. I was like, holy crap. Oh, wow. And I went there last night. She wasn't with me this time. I took a medium I just met. Uh, I just met. She went with me my wife and I, and I did the SB7 again, and I said, Dana was here last time with me. What is Dana? What is she? And you hear a
0: voice come across, a wicked. Like, oh. oh. <laughs> wow. I just, I just got off the phone with Dana, like,
2: before the show was telling her about it, because I just got done listening to the, the audio to make sure, you know, it said that. That stuff still blows my mind that it's, that you were able to capture, or they are they are able to communicate with us, you know, like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and and just getting the classy EVP too. I mean, that's that's got to raise the hackles on your neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got one um, in my, and I was in the hallway. So there's a lot of evidence we found. A lot of uh, got a lot of capital stuff. There's, there's the hallway. Another one next to it, that there was a hidden staircase that we found. We found a hidden staircase there, a hidden room. It was like, really like a, something out of a movie. We were in that hallway the one time, and I bent over to put stuff back in my my bag, and we captured a, a woman's voice in a foreign language. really super clear, and to this day, I still don't understand what she's saying. wish I did. It sounded like maybe Lithuanian, Russian-type mm-hmm. language. But i got a whole university, a local university. i got all the people that might know the language. But, and I I keep getting different inter- interpretations, but 100%, I don't know. I'll, I can send it to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear anything you want to send me.
1: Yeah. Cool.
2: I'm all, it yeah. Means
1: after, but I mean, it's but I wish I knew what you were trying to tell me. Now, do you start to worry when it's in Latin? No, well, at first. Uh, to be honest, the first time I heard this voice, sounded like something ancient. Like I thought it was being cursed or something, and like Aramaic or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was Like curse putting on me. and I'm like, what the heck is this? And then after, you know, listened to it for a while, and my, my feeling was shocked <laughs> at what was going on, who this lady
2: was. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's very, very interesting. You know what, like, um, maybe there are immigrants that, that lived in that area from a certain location?
1: Yeah, yeah up in the area in Myersville, you know, just from the town, the name of the town, it's all in you know, a cool region of Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's a lot of Lithuanians and, um, you know, Polish and stuff like that that moved into that area. So I figured it was one of that languages. But just people that they might know they listen to it they interpret it and somebody's like no it's this and I heard like three or four different versions of what it might say I can't say a hundred percent but I don't know I wish I didn't know exactly what it's saying what she's saying
2: so what what e what what was there a particular EVP that you've captured during your your uh you that stand out as far as like okay this is Pretty sweet. Yeah,
1: the the foreign lady, um, we went to a house, a family, and a lot of times the EVPs are like either a hard whisper or, you know, it's not like us talking here, but this Mm -hmm. was. was, um, This one home we went to, uh, I'll just track out when it was, because there's so many homes over here, but um, it was maybe four years ago, I guess. We went there, and the guy... I went in there, so I things I can do with myself, um, abilities and stuff. Uh, I scribble in my books. Um, went into the house and I felt for a lot of my head hurt. And i come to realize my, like the symbols and signs or whatever. To me, it's there's somebody angry in the house, it's an angry spirit. That's it. And I, over the years now, I know that's my my telltale sign of the angry spirit when I go in because I feel it in my head. Mm-hmm. It's a lower lower frequency or vibration, whatever, is it's in my stomach. Uh, and we went in there, and we go in and have, it, have the family sign a paper, um, uh, like a contract type thing. It's an agreement that they're allowing me in their house. I go through the whole thing. They signed it off, and the guy, I was kneeling down, getting my camera out, and the guy filled, signed the paperwork. He leaned down and gave it to me, and as soon as I said thank you, you hear somebody in this, a spirit, it was only us there, Say I f and hate these people, and it was clear. Mm-hmm. I'll send ever, but it was like I'll send you the file. It's, you get, hear them like we're talking here. Say I f and hate these people, mm. and I played for the whole homeowner. And he's like, what the hell? He's like, who was that? I'm like, it was the spirit of the house. And then the medium came about a half hour later. As soon as she walked in, she said and my head hurts because somebody's in here There's a male in here really pissed off. Like, wow. So when you go into a place and you kind of feel uh, a spirit that's angry or um, just not doing well, you said your head hurts. Where do you feel that? Like in the back of your head, front of your head? No, it's just like just my head, just like a bite. It just feels like a pressure.
2: I think a lot of times people they they get these feelings, but they don't they don't trust themselves. They don't trust their feelings. They 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 don't, I guess, believe they, you know, believe in themselves enough to realize that hey, you, you know, you've got to listen to yourself.
1: It's like I was saying before, that your body is the best piece of equipment. I mean, you feel.
2: To me, everybody
1: can feel energy. Everybody everybody has the ability to do certain things. Um, I know people from around, I have a, a private group on Facebook that we do um, cold cases and missing curses and things like that. We look at haunted houses or we look at whatever cases, I'll post some things on there, <coughs> excuse me, and they'll look at them. And it's cool to me because I can look at something and get things. I'll write it down. Maybe five of us say we can look at things and five of us might get different things but they all came to that place person or whatever it's what we receive we each receive differently mm-hmm. what we keep those symbols what messages to be it's a lot of perception and a lot of you know we're all everything's everybody's different but I believe everybody has some type of ability or gift I mean we're all energy we're all spirit well, I tell you I uh I volunteer live at a living history site here in the cities and uh I were doing school tours, so last week I was walking through one of the farmhouses that had been pulled from the county, It's a collection of buildings that pulled from around the county, and this building was over 100 years old, and I locked the back door, walked in to lock up the front door, and I heard somebody overhead. Mind you, I was the only one in there, and I got I got the hackles up on my, my arms, and I almost took off running, and I'm like, okay. You got to remind yourself that it's their house. Mm-hmm. You're just hanging out. So I talk to them now. When I open up, I, you know, morning, how you doing? And I'll lock up at night. Have a good night. We'll be yeah. back here tomorrow or whatever. Yeah, I hear people in like different circle uh, societies
0: and stuff do the same thing. They go mm-hmm. in, you know, not
1: home, you know, people that have business or circle societies or whatever, they go in, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just courteous. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to remember, remember that they're 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 just people. Um, I think a lot of times it's the unknown, the fact that you can't see them, mm-hmm. and it's the whole mystery of the thing of the you know paranormal that. Uh, and there and there are times when you should be scared, or being scared is totally rational. Um. You know, but also if you if you like you have with you at your at your house or whatever? You, you didn't let you didn't let fear become a part of right. your life. A lot of people, uh,
1: that's the thing. Um, they perceive things to be bad right away, and they they, they the fear you know fills up on them. You kind of understand how to you know it's, they have more power inside when They realize that it's all within them to control their space. They can do it. Once we talk to them, we give them steps. Mm-hmm. A lot of families are a lot better off. I mean, we they, they,
2: they go there with the whole intention to help them, and I hope, I feel we do. I think we used to be a lot more spiritual. Um, and before, I guess technology, or people stayed inside more, are staying inside more often, and they're not really, not really opening themselves up as much. There be a, People are trying to are doing it now because of I guess it's a kind of a uh, catch twenty two because the technology is keeping us indoors more, but it's also opening ourselves opening us up more because we're communicating like this through technology.
1: Right. Right.
2: Um, so what would you what would you suggest? Like what what do you think? would be a, a solution for people trying to open themselves up more to like what you're doing as far as using your body as a, as a antenna. Uh, just, for the just spirit world. Yeah. Just listen to your body.
1: Um, we all feel energy. We are energy. We um, feel it. I always tell people it's all frequency, vibration and uh, energy and energy, frequency, yeah, energy, frequency, and vibration. And we, as a human, we feel, um, you feel somebody like staring at you. And from a distance, you turn, you like feel like somebody's staring at me. They are because you felt that energy. Somebody walks behind you and you turn like slowly, like you feel somebody there. They're there. It's because you felt their energy. Everybody can, I believe everybody can do that. And it's, to me, it's just get quiet in your mind, get your mind quiet and meditate, listen, listen to within yourself and you'll get a lot of answers. And once you get away from all the noise of the, the world and your daily routine and all that stuff and actually get in a quiet, quiet spot, I think that will uh, help people out a lot to actually listen you know, listen to yourself.
2: Now, so we've got a few minutes left here. I want to, want to give you a chance to talk about your books, where do people can find them. Um, how people can get in touch with you if they want to chat about stuff or need your help.
1: Yeah, it's um my first book is The Minersville Mansion, and the second book is Spirits of Shoemakersville Road. They're both on Amazon. Um, the, the stories are totally different. Spirits of Shoemakersville Road is more so like a family type story and shows how the so people always question about if your family comes to you when you pass and you know, or you're sick or in the hospital or whatever. And to be the honest, they actually do, and I talk about that in my new book. It's about family coming to visit, an 84-year-old woman. Um, I got to know her. I didn't know her before. I got to know her in six weeks, and this woman will stay with me, like, the rest of my life. She's a really nice lady. And it just shows how family and, you know, the other side comes to you. The man of history is. People that lived there before still roam the halls. Um, it's just it, it, the mansion has a lot of a lot of levels to it. It's not just one straight story. More more so than like the um, my my new book, Spirits of Road. The mansions, it more layers to it. It's more good you have, know, kind of bad in there. You feel like it felt negative sometimes in there. I believe. In a mansion that a lot of people believe that hauntings are black and white, to me, it's, there's so many layers to it, so many things cause oh, a haunting. And at the mansion, people can actually be, I learned that people can actually be a cause of their own haunting. Like, a person can be haunted. Now, do you feel like at the mansion, do you feel like the good there is trying to negate the, the, the bad? Yeah, yeah. Um, There was times where I think there was energies there, uh, good ones that were trying to help, ones that were being affected by the other ones, so to speak. Um, There was an eight-year-old boy there. I think there was people there and um, spirits there that were trying to help and not play games or whatever or be more, more negative towards the people there, but I I believe that people can be a cause of their own hauntings, and I think some of the people that were in the mansion family that lived there was another reason why other people might not experience that over the the, the decades um, is because certain people might have been, been projecting that out into the environment and actually it was a cause of their own hauntings, so to speak.
2: Like a poltergeist type deal.
1: Yeah, and I and I say that too because with the family lived prior, it had some negative stuff there and I think some of that negative stuff might have transferred over to the new place because of things I don't know how to work it, maybe how they projected things out into the environment. At their old house and into the new house.
0: Yeah. And once they left the mansion they still had some issues. So,
1: they're a great family, but I also believe that people can be a cause of their own home. It's not just the same old... Some people think it's the same thing every time, and it's not. It's so many different variables could cause a haunting. Well, and you could always have an attachment, too, and bring it with you wherever you go. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had things follow me home already over the years. Actually, it, I have so many stories, but... Actually, there's one story that from only that some called Three of us home. where all three of us were there, and this entity or whatever came
2: to all three of our houses within two week period. Oh wow, that's crazy. The two
1: guys, the two guys that were with me talked about today, and that was like 13 years ago. Huh. They they always talk about that. And you asked about my books and stuff. Yeah, they're both they're both on Amazon. Amazon and my Facebook page is Jeffrey A. Dangler. My author page. People can contact me there. I'll answer what anything. I'm glad to talk to anybody about anything, anything paranormal. Need help with anything? How to tune in? How to whatever? I mean, I'm available
2: to talk to anybody. Well, I think we may have to have you back on the show because you said you have a lot of stories to tell, yeah, exactly. and we're all about hearing stories on here, right? For sure. Yeah, the-
1: I could talk probably for hours and hours about different things, but I'll, I'll definitely 100% send you some evidence, and I'd like to get your feedback, what you think of them.
2: Heck, yeah. I'll, I'll send you some EVP's that, that, cool. that, that uh, uh, I've captured down here, and I want to get your opinion on them as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Perfect. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show with us. Um,
1: it was great to be here.
2: It was a lot of fun yeah, here. Good to meet you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun hearing your stories, and uh look forward to having you back on again.
1: Yeah, I greatly appreciate that.
2: All right, man, you take care. All
1: right, you guys Good All right, thank you, you, too.
2: Good night. Good night. Well, C.R., thank you so much for coming on the show. you Thank you to Jeffrey for helping me out for coming on the show with me tonight. We'll be back here Tuesday night with uh, Clifton Paranormal from, actually from Pennsylvania. So, another Pennsylvania group coming on nice. the show. Hell, yeah. So, and you've got Dennis on Friday, right? And then yep. I'll be there on Saturday. So Double Heck, Why yeah. Not? Looking forward to it. So, all right, guys. Have a good night. Back right here. All. Same freaking awesome time. Same freaking awesome channel. Tuesday night. See you later. Bye. Good night. Bye. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, the video is actually off. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>